Hey there and welcome to Dare to be Great, a podcast for Earth Protect Communities Youth Voices. This is a space for discussion about collective community action on the biggest environmental issues of our time, bringing together local action and systemic change. The science has been clear for decades, solutions are already out there. What we need now is action and fast. It's time that we come together to imagine sustainable futures into being. I'm Sky Fruin, and in the following weeks, I'll be having conversations with all sorts of academics, activists, and artists, the regular people who dare to be great when it comes to the planet. Now, more than ever, it's easy to fall into despair when thinking about the devastating impacts the climate and ecological crisis is having on the world's most affected people and areas. And it's not surprising, considering the fact that the trajectory of our future, if we continue with business as usual, is disastrous which is why imagining and bringing forth a different future is such a vital and radical act. This podcast tagline is nourishing our ecological imagination, and a large part of this is taking action to shape the future that we want. Once we change the way we think of ourselves in relation to the earth, we need to act on that learning. In this podcast, you'll be hearing from the communities who are reshaping the narrative with a vision towards a better future. However, today is a little different. We're going to start off by looking at the fascinating beginnings of Earth Protect Communities, the work of Polly Higgins, who wrote the book Dare to be Great that this podcast is named after. So on our first episode, I'm welcoming in Ellen Cormack and Amber Utley to tell us more about Earth Protect Communities. Hi, I'm Ellen and I volunteer with Earth Protect Communities Youth Voices. Hello, I'm Amber and I also volunteer with Ellen at Earth Protector Community Youth Voices. Earth Protector Communities was inspired by the work of Polly Higgins, widely known as the Earth Lawyer, who dedicated her life to advancing a law which would protect the Earth and make the mass destruction of nature a criminal act. This is the law of ecocide. Before her untimely passing in 2019, she worked to persuade the international global community to recognise the legal duty of care for the Earth. While this movement continues to gain more and more international acknowledgement from world governments who are ramping up the call for a law of ecocide, the question remains, what can ordinary people do in the places they live? Ecocide is the mass destruction and serious loss of ecosystems, usually from corporate industrial practice. But what about ecocide with a small e? The small harms that we create every day by the impact of our lifestyle and choices. This is not to give us a burden of guilt or blame, However, it is helpful to understand that those small impacts mount up between millions of us every day to accumulate with an ecocide effect. We only need to think about our consumption of single-use plastic as a profound example of tragic proportions in our time. It's at this point that we need to be clear. There can be no solution to the ecosystem and climate crisis without addressing at the same time the issues of social, economic, racial, gender and intergenerational justice, as well as the North-South divide, which speaks to the unequal elements of the crisis around the world. There can be no ultimate solution that does not address conflict and war. In fact, all these crises are part of one global crisis that affects every living being on the planet. The rights of nature need to be enshrined in law and coupled with human rights. After all, we are in essence as much as part of nature as any other life form. Human societies need to be transformed, and we believe that everybody needs to be involved in the creation of solutions for that to work. I want to read an extract from Polly's I Dare You To Be Great. 
Arne Nace, the great Norwegian ecologist who coined the term deep ecology, believed that when we think from a place of a greater duty to the earth community, we then create much that is of beauty. He spoke about thinking dutifully, acting beautifully. Expanding our sense of duty into the realms of the interconnectedness of all beings expands our sense of self-care to earth care. This simple understanding can motivate us to make different choices and live with earth care at the centre of our lifestyle. So Earth Protect Communities takes a grassroots approach to find out an effective way for a community to organise a response to protecting the Earth in the places where we live. So then, the most important factor is to bring people together around the table to work out what is needed for the places where we live to thrive. This includes what you'd expect when we think of nature, so Earth, soil, air and water, but also us, the humans who depend on and are part of all of this around us. We are part of a wider ecosystem, and we often forget that. Something that we're going to try and focus on is the importance of learning from the wisdom of communities who have been practising this knowledge for millennia. For instance, Indigenous leadership can foster kinship with the land and systems of reciprocity. The aim is not to romanticise these communities, but to listen, learn and unlearn some of the damaging ideas that become normalised in our societies. Logics of colonialism, extractive industries, and other systems of oppression. Where is the harmful impact in how we run our daily affairs, and how can we reduce that harm to zero? Of course, this can cover many concerns. Energy use, land management, procurement, divestment, carbon emissions, ethical policy, the well-being of staff and students. There's a lot to be covered. And that can be overwhelming, isolating and numbing for individuals trying to change these global challenges. We live in an individualistic society that encourages us to combat these issues ourselves. But the only real route towards impactful social change is through collective action. Here are some more of Polly's thoughts. Happiness emerges when we re-establish our deep connection with each other. When many of us dare to be great... No longer is it one drop in the ocean. Very soon we have a ripple, then a wave, then a tidal wave, washing over many lives, touching many more. I encourage you all to believe in collective action. I think it's with our combined effort that we have the best chance to face the climate emergency. That's not to say we can't make changes as individuals. This starts with you. By taking care of ourselves, we take care of the whole. And when we take care for our families and our surroundings through meaningful actions, we are elevating the whole of the global community. You could get a group together to stop harm, which you see locally, or plan for a regeneration of a neglected area. We can communicate what we do and why we do it, and encourage others, perhaps start your own mini Earth Protector community. The accumulation of small regenerative acts makes a big difference. We want to bring all levels of community together to make that big difference. An earth protector school, maybe a business, town or university, which puts the care of the earth at the centre of our lives. The policies we live under, the way we do business, how we educate for the future. As Polly Higgins wrote, ours is a time of change. What that change is, is up to us. So, Amber, can you tell me about the exciting plans for the future of Earth Protect Communities? Yeah, so at the moment we're 
concluding an Earth Protect Communities pledge, which will be sent out on our Earth Protect Communities mailing list. And it's a unique document that brings together different community groups. So groups that wouldn't usually work together. Um, yeah, different groups. They don't even have to be environmental necessarily. Um, and it essentially helps different projects work together towards a clear goal and, yeah, creates community, really. Great. Thank you. Um, Ellen, can you make it clearer for us what this goal is you're working towards? Um, yeah, so there's a pilot model that we're working on in Stroud in Gloucestershire, where we connect with local businesses and essentially work alongside them to help them limit their own small scale ecocides and to develop an action plan for positive change within um, a sort of achievable time frame for them. This same process is then applied to schools and other community organisations we hope to collaborate with too. Hopefully this will help everyone understand and learn how to co-create a thriving community free from the harm of ecocide. Brilliant. Thank you so much, both of you. Um, yeah, it's really great to be able to share more about how this movement is growing. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> As Polly understood early on in her journey towards the creation of Stop Ecocide campaign, in order to be at our best, we need to be well resourced. We really hope this podcast will give you the resources you need to look at the world from a place of love and, as Polly would have said, the principle of first do no harm. As we believe that building community is crucial to realising sustainable futures, the last thing I'll be asking all of our guests in the following weeks is to share a couple of people or groups who are working to create a better world and deserve to have their work highlighted. To start us off for this first episode, who could I recommend other than Stop Ecoside International and Earth Protect Communities? Thank you so much for listening. Please check out Earth Protect Communities at earthprotectcommunities.net and all our social media platforms under Earth Protect Communities as well. If you've enjoyed listening, why not consider giving us a five-star review? It really helps us to share this podcast with more people. Our logo was designed by Gemma Tricky at Gemma Tricky Studio. A special thank you to Anita Van Rossum and Joe Kimber for their guidance. You can find links to everything that we've mentioned in the show notes.